0: We fully believed and fully expected to win this game I and mean, give San Francisco credit, but I, I felt like we had plenty of opportunities to kind of put the game out of reach, didn't do enough. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
1: So Pete Bukowski's been dropping by our network. He's been making the rounds on Bill's show throughout the season. He's been on this show a couple of times post Thanksgiving, I'd say, uh, because our conversations have been great. And every time I brought Pete on, the team would only start to play better and better and better. So we've been checking in with him every other week, every couple of weeks uh, for especially the second half of this Packers season. And we had Peter Bukowski on earlier today with Bill to talk about the defensive coordinator search and... You know some of these candidates because Pete's been you know researching and looking into all these guys and doing write-ups at the Leap and talking about them all and Lockdown Packers, and he joined Bill I think at 115. Their whole conversation went almost 20 minutes. And if you have some spare time tonight, and you're like, damn it, I I listened to the Wisco Sports Show live, and then I went back and listened to the podcast to make sure to support Grant as much as possible. Now what do I listen to? Well, go listen to hour four of the Bill Michaels Show from earlier today because. Pete and Bill, I don't know what it is. It's the most unlikely pairing. Two guys with very different online personas. Two guys with what I believe to be very different personalities. I, I haven't known both of them my entire life. But, I, you know, I talk with Bill every day. I've known Pete for a little bit now. Like, they are, not, they are very opposite. They're very different. But when you put those two together, I swear, and I told Pete earlier today, you guys, hell of a pair. Bill Michaels and Pete Bukowski. Who would have thought it was excellent it was outstanding so if you want a detailed defensive coordinator breakdown you know we're going to talk about the defensive coordinator search tonight but I am no Pete Bukowski from Lockdown Packers go listen to it from earlier today I was in awe sitting back here in the studio it's like huh who would have thought Pete and Bill really good radio this afternoon I thought it was the best part of the show I I didn't have to talk at all I didn't have to be involved that way that's why it was so good this is the Wisco Sports Show my name is Grant Bills. Hope you haven't had, uh, hope you've had, excuse me, an awesome day. Sometimes I'm a little bit too excited when the show starts and my mouth gets in front of my brain. I hope you've had a great day. Uh, I saw some pictures on Twitter and, like, I was checking Instagram over my lunch break. Everyone's been outside. Is it really warm today? I haven't been outside since, since 9 o'clock this morning. And I'm not gonna go outside until, like, 8.30 tonight because we have got the Wisco Sports Show till 6 and then the Bill Michaels Huddle, the final one of the year. Uh, but it looks beautiful outside. I have, I have yet to enjoy it. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow will be nice. I'll get to spend some time outside. We're going to spend some time with Ryan Glassbeagle of the New York Post coming up at 430. Uh, the way I do guests on the show, we only have two hours and I like to take calls. And I like to occasionally throw takes out there too, right? Um, so typically with guests on this show, you know, I'll look around and think, all right, what are we going to talk about? You know, what, what's my take on the situation? And what guest does this fit? Like, what guest that exists in our, our little Wisco Sports Show world, what guest could we stick in here and would fit perfectly? Right? So, you know, we've talked with Pete throughout the playoff run, and every once in a while when we're real high and mighty about Badgers basketball, maybe we call Zach or we call Nick, Nick Oson, 24-7 sports. I was looking at a lot of the sports stories today that were trending. It's a lot of Taylor Swift conspiracies. Uh, it's a lot of announcer talk. Greg Olson v Tom Brady who Fox should go with a lot has been made obviously about Tony Romo the last couple of weeks and last couple of months everyone's still up in arms about the peacock game that the NFL forced down our throat I'm like these are all outstanding topics to talk with Ryan about so he's gonna join us about a half hour 430 Ryan Glassbeagle, friend of show from the New York Post I want to talk about the Packers defensive coordinator search and maybe just maybe a little bit of talk about the Bucks because they're in Portland tonight and Damian Lillard is making his return to Portland. Pretty cool story, and there was also a really good story put out in ESPN today from, and it's not an a author that I recognize, so my apologies to Jamal Collier. I quite literally was unfamiliar with his game. It's a good story, and I think shed some light on how Damian Lillard felt when this trade went down, and the logistics of the Damian Lillard trade being consummated between the Blazers and the Bucks really within a a week before training camp and it was a lot and I think we underestimated what a shift that was in Damian Lillard's life how many details with his family and with his living situation he had to figure out like I didn't really know so we might talk about that story at some point tonight maybe I'll share an excerpt or two uh, because I just thought well Damian Lillard he's apt to be in Milwaukee gets to play with Giannis play for a contender how cool is this well they are human beings Right as we sometimes forget fan is short sure for fanatic and sometimes we we get lost in that these guys have real lives and families and like they need to find a place to live. They sometimes need to move across the country at the drop of a hat, especially from Portland, which is very geographically isolated right up there in the, the northwest corner of the country. So at some point tonight, I do want to talk about that because that story I, I I felt like maybe open my eyes a little bit into what's been going on with Dane the last couple of months and maybe just give him a little more patience, a little more grace. Uh, And I could probably give him a little more patience because I think I've complained about Damian Lillard's performance. Uh, Not all the time. It's not like I've hounded the guy, but I've certainly brought it up. So we'll probably talk about that in the second hour of the show. Hit me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Take some calls probably towards five o'clock once we get done with Ryan. Uh, The first half hour of the show is pretty full. I want to start this morning. I woke up at like 6.57. I beat my alarm. It's a great way to start the day when you beat your alarm. Spring out of bed. Open Twitter naturally. And... I see we have a new bombshell story about the New York Jets. I'm like, huh? Diana Rossini, Zach Rosenblatt, which is their beat reporter with the Jets. He's like the the uh the Matt Schneidman variant on the East Coast in New York. They even look kind of similar, like younger, skinnier guys. I'm like, they they got one too. We got Schneidman, they got Rosenblatt. Diana Rossini, who's been very plugged in and has reported a lot. Surrounding the New York Jets this year, teaming up with Zach Rosenblatt. I started reading in bed and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not going to read this on my phone. All right, let me go make a cup of coffee. And by that, I mean grab a jug of cold brew out of the fridge because I'm too lazy to make coffee. Let me pour myself a glass of coffee, sit down, and read this on my laptop like a true professional. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, being a part of Generation Z means knowing that you can't send an important email on your phone. You need to pop open your laptop. Oh, this is a serious email. Let me pop open my laptop. Same thing with a big sports story. It's like, let me slow down. Let me get the big screen. Let me get the laptop and do some reading. The piece that came out this morning, very exhaustive. Talked to like 30 sources in the organization. This was not a Rogers hit piece. That's not the way that I read it. And I think a lot of people got really defensive right away. How, like, how can you rip Rodgers? He was hurt all year. No, no, no. I I don't think that this was a Rodgers hit piece. That's not how it read to me at all. This story outlines how Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, and Nathaniel Hackett are bad at their jobs. Like, Robert Sala is not a good coach, if this reporting is true. And I believe it to be true. Douglas is GM. Maybe not the best. Nathaniel Hackett. We haven't really known the full story with him. He was great in Green Bay. He was terrible as a head coach, but sometimes great coordinators, great coaches just don't make it as a head coach. I think he sucks as an offensive coordinator too after reading this story. So I want to read you some of these tidbits, especially the ones about Nathaniel Hackett. These are bizarre. And anytime I do any form of reading out loud on the show, we have our reading music that I like to play in the background. I think it gives us some good ambiance. I think this is nice. So this is from... The story in The Athletic earlier today, Diana Rossini, Zach Rosenblatt. The Nathaniel Hackett parts of this story are the wildest. Let me read you a couple of, uh, they're not paragraphs. I'd say they're more stanzas. So I'm going to read. Long before a litany of injuries along the offensive line, New York's talented defensive line consistently outplayed them in practice. Growing pains were expected in a new offense full of new personnel, but one coach said it was concerning how little urgency Hackett and his staff showed in trying to fix it saying that he'd never seen a team watch less practice tape in training camp than the Jets did with Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, so that's one tidbit. I'm going to read you another. Hackett struggled to adjust the offense to the team's new reality. Many coaches and players described Hackett as lacking in attention to detail. For most of the season, Hackett would meet with offensive line slash running game coordinator Keith Carter and passing game coordinator Todd Downing during the week, but wouldn't get together with the rest of the staff until the, quote, last minute of game prep. So he didn't pay attention to detail, and he didn't meet with most of his staff until, what, Friday, Saturday, until all the install and practice had been done. Weird. Another detail. During games, Hackett struggled to make adjustments against the Dallas Cowboys in Week 2, Carter, Michael Carter, asked Hackett to give left tackle Dwayne Brown more help in blocking Cowboys star pass rusher Micah Parsons, according to team sources. But Hackett never adjusted, and Parsons dominated. Two sacks, four quarterback hits in a 30-10 to 10 loss. Nathaniel Hackett is such a weird figure in the NFL. He was so good. The Packers' offense was so good in 2020-2021. The year they lost to the Bucs. They were so good in the red zone. They had the gold zone thing. The vibes were so great. It was really, really, really great. He goes to Denver, and I thought he would be fine. It's like, oh, a young offensive coach? Like, that typically translates. He was way over his head, just not ready for the job at all. He got fired, and it's like, well, that doesn't mean he can't be a good offensive coach or coordinator. A lot of head coaches fail, but they turn into good coordinators. We see it all over the league he goes to the Jets, and Rodgers gets hurt. It's like, okay, he was the guy specific to Coach Rodgers, but he's not the head coach. Like, he should be able to whip up a half-decent offense over there. It was a disaster. And then we hear earlier today in a story that I'm, I'm reading from now that the product on the field sucked, but also preparation made no sense, and there was no urgency, and they didn't watch game take or practice tape, and he didn't meet with his fellow coaches on the offense. Like, What? 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 Now, I didn't think, like, the world of Hackett after he left Denver. Who would, but it should be better than this, right? Some of these Hackett tidbits are just bizarre. The Robert Sala ones might even be weirder. Let me read you a couple of these. Behind closed doors, the vibes weren't always positive, especially when Sala would see negative press reports. He would bring up how, often in his mind, the Giants don't get as much negative coverage as the Jets, calling it unfair. As the Jets lost games and struggled to score points, job security seemed to be Salah's primary concern. He wished Johnson or Rodgers would publicly endorse him for 2024. Like, dude! Well, the Giants... They, everyone's so nice to the Giants. Why is everyone so mean to the Jets? I don't know. At least we've seen proof of concept with the Giants a little bit. We've seen Brian Dable win games. When his quarterback was healthy, we see them go to the playoffs, win a playoff game. Yeah, their quarterback got hurt, but we... We kind of know what Brian Dable is. We have proof of concept there. We've never seen Robert Sala be a good head coach. Doesn't matter who his quarterback is. Yeah, I think the Giants were given some grace this year after the first two months, after everyone realized they sucked. We kind of moved on, but I don't know that the Giants were Super Bowl or bust this year. The Jets were supposed to be Super Bowl or bust. I know they lost their quarterback, but that doesn't mean that you become the worst team and the worst offense that our eyes have ever seen. Like they were miserable. I'm read you the next part. That's a problem with the organization, Rogers said on the Pat McAfee show. We need to get to the bottom of wherever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately. Because there's no place in a winning culture. And this isn't the only time. There's been a bunch of other leaks, right? Remember this when the Zach Wilson story came out? How Zach Wilson didn't want to go back in, didn't want to play again? So this is how Robert Sala responded to that, apparently. This is the wildest part of the story. That sent Sala into a tailspin. The coach held a meeting with his staff two days later when he asked the leaker to reveal himself, according to multiple people in attendance. Quote, if you come forward now, you won't get in trouble, he told them while threatening to take their cell phones. Staffers were bemused. I actually don't know what that means. Bemused by Salah's obsession with the Wilson story and the reaction to it. I am I want to know what bemused means. I feel like I should know that. Bemused definition. Marked by confusion or bewilderment. Dazed. Okay. They were taken aback. I use whatever words you want to. This is again not an Aaron Rodgers story to me. We've known Aaron Rodgers. We get his quirks. We get we get how Rodgers works. I don't think you could tell me anything about Aaron Rodgers in 2024 that would surprise me. Just because we have so many experiences and we have, we have so much history with Aaron Rodgers, like we we know how the guy works. But when he's playing great, like you have a chance to make the Super Bowl. That was the deal in Green Bay for the longest time. They were awesome. This is not about Aaron Rodgers. This is about Robert Sala being a boob. And Nathaniel Hackett, not only being a bad coordinator, but he might also be lazy. And he might not really pay attention to detail. It seems like that's an important trait for an offensive coordinator, especially an offensive coordinator who's running the offense. Like, Sala's not helping him. Matt ran the offense. And Nathaniel Hackett just kind of helped out under him, not to say that he didn't play a role, but he was not the guy calling plays and the guy running and authoring the offense. Uh, this is wild. What an awesome way to start the day, by the way. What an, what an amazing way to start the day is like, oh, there's a big story written about a team that I don't really like. And it's all the things that they've done poorly and all, and all of these shocking reports that we didn't know before. Like, what a great way to start the day. I wish an article like this would come out every day. Could read it while drinking my coffee. This story is is bigger than Rogers. Now there was a quote, there was one quote, and this is the one I tweeted out this morning. Maybe disingenuous on Twitter. Sorry, I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. The quote is from Garrett Wilson. He said, "What happened this season can't happen again." Uh, we got to make adjustments in the game. We got to do things to counter what we're getting, be able to put points on the board because the two years I've been here, it's been tough. Football hasn't been this hard. When I watch it on the sideline, it don't look that hard for the other team. And I saw that. And I'm like, well, my my favorite take, my greatest hit at this moment in time is Rodgers makes football harder than it needs to be. And I know Rodgers is hurt. I get it. This season is not on Rodgers. But this is Rogers' coach. This is Rogers coordinator. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Billy Turner. These are Aaron Rodgers guys. And I think, I think all of those guys, coaches and players, make it harder to win. And if Roger's is like, no, I can win with these guys. Okay, okay. I don't doubt that, but like, don't you want guys who are maybe better at their jobs? Like, why do you why do you purposefully want to be at a disadvantage when we've known that this these guys are bozos? I I don't get it. Rod Rogers. He likes doing things the hard way. He really, really does. I remember when he got to training camp and we are watching Hard Knocks and we were really getting a lot of Aaron Rodgers Jets content for the first time because the season was kind of getting underway. And he said, well, my goal is to have Hall of Fame level quarterback play for the next 20 years. I'm going to play for a couple of years. We'll get Zach ready and then Zach will take over and, and he'll be a Hall of Famer. And I remember watching that at the time like, Rodgers, why do you... don't Don't, don't raise the bar that high, man. Like, why are you... <laughs> Just show up, win football games, be good. That will be enough for Jets fans. That will be enough. Their team is garbage. They've always been garbage. Win 10 games and have a little playoff run. That will be plenty. People will be happy. But you start talking about, oh, that trophy case looking mighty empty. Well, I think we, I want to have a Hall, of Fame, a Hall of Fame quarterback play for the next 20 years. I was like, why are you, why are you doing this to yourself, man? Why do you purposefully want to go to battle with an offensive coordinator who kind of seems like a bozo and a head coach whose behavior at least the, the behavior that's reported in this story he's like a kindergarten teacher or more specifically i guess a high school teacher i'm i've been out of the kindergarten game a while but i i don't think kindergartners have smartphones maybe they do maybe they do i i don't know i got my first smartphone in high school i remember my high school physics teacher would get very bent out of shape if phones went off oh god it was scary but I never got that because it's like, okay, my phone buzz, I'll mute it really quick. We move on. That's not that disruptive to a class. If the teacher throws a temper tantrum and starts yelling about, okay, well, now class has been disrupted, right? And I feel like Robert Saul, like, tell me who it is. You won't get in trouble, I swear. I'll take your phones away if you don't tell me. What are you, What are you, you going to do? Are you going to deputize the security guards around MetLife Stadium, have them come in and confiscate phones? Like, come on. Why does Rodgers want to go to battle with all these guys? I don't get it. He's making it harder on himself. Don't make no sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. Ryan Glassbeagle coming up at 4.30. We can continue to talk about this next. Big news of the day. The Seattle Seahawks hired Mike McDonald. So now he's coaching in a division with Sean McVay. Uh, Mike McDaniel in Florida. Why all these coaches are starting to sound and, and look the same. We'll talk about the big head coaching hire today. Only one opening remains. And I don't really know what the commanders are going to do. Seem like they wanted Ben Johnson. And if not Ben Johnson, I kind of think they wanted Mike McDonald, but Seattle snagged him. So we'll talk about the big hiring news today. Ryan Glasspiegel in a couple minutes. Wisco Sports Show back after this.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bill's on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. Hope you're having an awesome day. Thought maybe we'd get Packers defensive coordinator news today. Not quite. By the end of the week, I hope by the end of the week, it'd be kind of lame if it happened next week when we're all at the Super Bowl. Because I like I don't really want to talk about any super hyper-specific Wisconsin news next week. Like I remember last March, we're at spring training and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is leaving the Packers. It's like, I came down here to talk about the <laughs> to talk about the Brewers. I want to talk about Aaron Ashby's injury. I want to talk about why Ethan Small is not getting the starts in spring training. I don't want to talk about a Hall of Fame quarterback leaving our team. That's not why I'm in Arizona. All right, so I hope we get... Defensive coordinator news tomorrow, Friday, at some point before next week. You can tweet me during the show at Wisco Grant. Going to be joined by Ryan Glassbeagle here in about 10 minutes to talk about some of the bigger sports media and sports stories over the last couple of weeks. It's been a very busy 2024 for sports media and sports stories so far. So we'll get after that after our next break. here coming up at 430. Seattle hired Mike McDonald today the Baltimore defensive coordinator. I thought that they were going with Dan Quinn two weeks ago, but as we've talked about the schedule for how and when coaches get hired, is really messy because not all these coaches are available at the end of the year, but all the teams or most of the teams that are looking to hire a coach are ready to hire their coach right away as week 18 ends. But then Ben Johnson, for example, you got to wait until after the NFC Championship game. Dan Quinn, he only had to wait one week, wildcard around, but he still had to wait, right? And then players on the Ravens staff, or, or, or coaches on the Ravens staff, or coaches on the Chiefs staff, you're waiting. Coaches on the San Francisco staff, you're waiting because their season isn't done yet. So I thought, again, the Packers list was kind of, I thought we knew the names. And then the Ravens lose, it's like, well, actually, we want to interview th- these couple guys too, now that they're available, we also we've been waiting. So you never really know... Where some of these teams are looking with a head coaching hire or a coordinating hire, because you know they got to wait sometimes for guys to hit the market, right? So I, I thought Seattle was going Dan Quinn, but it didn't happen right away, and you start to wonder, well, who are they? Who are they waiting for? Well, I guess they wanted Mike McDonald. They just had to wait for him. You know, the Ravens have struggled in the playoffs, and I know everyone's mad about Todd Monken's game plan. Why didn't they run the ball more? Sure. I get that's a complaint. I think Lamar could have played better. I think the Ravens could have been a lot more buttoned up. I, I don't think the Ravens lost that game only because the game plan didn't include you know, running plays. I think there were lots of reasons they lost, and you know, we can go up and down the list. I, I don't think the Ravens have lost in the playoffs because of coaching. I think that organization develops coaches. They bring in coaches. They, they get players retire and they they go to Baltimore and they become great coaches. They become defense, offense, front office. Like Baltimore is a really, really good organization for developing leaders, developing coaches, developing folks that work in, in personnel or in scouting or whatever. I'm pretty sure the Ravens haven't struggled in the playoffs because of their ability to to develop good coaches and have good ideas on the sideline. If you consume, as you should, Joel Klatt and Colin Coward every week during the college football season, you heard this story that Joel Klatt told tur- uh, told towards the end of the season about how Jim Harbaugh at Michigan called his brother and said, Look, I need one of your good defensive guys, one of your up and comers. Like, who can I have? Who, c- who can you recommend? Who can you give me? I-, I need a defensive coordinator. And John let him choose, Jesse Minter or Mike McDonald? You can have one. Right? And then Jim Harbaugh takes Jesse Minter who's brilliant all year. They go on to win the national title. Now he's assumedly going to be Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator in Los Angeles. I didn't see if that became official or maybe he's not the DC. Maybe he's some other role on the staff. I I don't know. But he's gone on to achieve great things already since leaving Baltimore. Now he's back in the NFL. And Mike McDonald coached the best defense, a historically good defense in Baltimore this year. Now, you know, they had bad games here and there, but they didn't really have a bad game against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They held the Chiefs to under 20 points. Right. It's amazing how many good defensive minds and defensive coaches have come out of Baltimore. Now, I know a lot of Packers fans are interested in or that's a guy, Zach or that the, the Packers have interviewed and a lot of folks have been interested in around the league. But now a lot of these guys, there's a lot of names that teams are interested in on that Baltimore staff. But Mike McDonald leaving to go to Seattle complicates that a lot. Because really that opened up two jobs. For, for these assistants in Baltimore that, that are very desired, a lot of teams are looking to interview them around the league, two of them, we assume at least, are now going to come off the market because Mike McDonald is going to go to Seattle and look to hire a defensive coordinator of his own. That could be Zach Orr. Or the Ravens could look to promote one of those guys into the new defensive coordinator in Baltimore. And now all of a sudden they're getting that promotion, they're taking that step up without needing to go to Green Bay or without needing to go somewhere else. right? So this hire... Mike McDonald to Seattle, shake things up, especially if the Packers were really hoping on getting one of these Baltimore guys, this makes it a little bit more complicated. Those guys might not be available. And again, it goes back to how messy this hiring process is. If it all opened up at once, if you had to wait until after the Super Bowl and then free agency opened and everyone was available to time, I think hiring and, and firing of coaches would look a lot different. The messiness is kind of fun. And again, it gives the advantage to the lesser teams, the losing teams, Right? They get the jump start. The NFL is very good at that. If you're bad, you get better draft picks. If you're bad, you get an easier schedule. If you're bad, you get the first crack to hire new coaches and coordinators at the end of the year, right? It's, part of that is competitive balance, but it's a little messy. And a little messiness is fun, don't get me wrong. But the Packers right now, if they had a lean on a defensive coordinator and it was a lean towards one of these Baltimore guys, that apple cart got upset a little bit today. And, and maybe they now have to look elsewhere or pivot. Or adapt their plan to find Joe Barry's replacement here in the next 24-48 hours. Let's take a break. I want to talk about some of the big sports media stories of 2024. There have been a lot. We'll do that with Ryan Glasspiegel, New York Post. Coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. Take some calls as we get closer to 5 o'clock. I want to talk Bucks. They're in Portland tonight. Damian Lillard. Cool homecoming. He's giving a extra special press conference. I, I think tonight is going to mean a lot more to Damian Lillard than I would have thought a couple of weeks ago. Pretty good story at ESPN this morning about how his time in Portland ended and what it was like for Damian. I think we all underestimated how hard it was for him to leave because he requested a trade. We're like, hell yeah, he's happy to be in Milwaukee. Couldn't wait to get out of Portland. And I think there was a little bit more of a human side to it. So we'll talk about that as the show rolls along. Excited to take your phone calls. Who knows Packers could hire a new defensive coordinator at any moment. But right now, Ryan Glass Spiegel, New York post. He's on Twitter at sports report. Ryan, it has been a hell of a 2024 for sports stories and sports media stories and media adjacent stories. This has been a hell of a year so far.
2: I know. And it's been a hell of a year for sports media reporters. We have John Horan, um, moving from Sports Business Journal to Puck, and then my former colleague, Andrew Marshan getting poached away by The Athletic. So uh, never a dull moment on this beat.
1: Never a dull moment. 2024 has been fun. Taylor Swift has gotten to the point where now I'm, I'm entertained by it. The, the first time she was at a game, I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. And then I very quickly was like, it's actually fine. Like, don't be one of those curmudgeon guys that's anti-Taylor Swift all year. But the last, like... Two weeks, it's gotten bizarre. Like, now we have conspiracy theories. I saw a tweet that claims she's a Pentagon operative, which is just hilarious. Like, this is something you probably see a lot of and you guys have written about at the Post.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, could you have imagined before this season if someone told you that she would go to, like, date any player and go to, like, 12 of his games? Like, think about what, like... Happened before the season where like The Eras tour was not just like selling Out stadiums across the Country it was selling them out to the Extent that like it would cost You like two grand For a nosebleed seat mm-hmm. Behind the stage like We haven't seen any kind Of artists like this In our lives Um Like I don't know if there's been any In America since the Beatles They weren't American but I feel like there hasn't been this much demand for an artist since maybe Michael Jackson. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, no, she's not an operative or whatever. <laughs> it's not rigged for them to win. I mean, like, the the Ravens did the swag surf, and then they never scored again. Yeah. It wasn't any type of, like, conspiracy. Like, the Chiefs were better than them. Um, and it was crazy because... Like the chiefs looked like they were just going to get shellacked in the playoffs for much of the season. And that clearly didn't come to pass.
1: Well, and the chiefs are breaking people's brains a little bit. They're the new Patriots in that. It seems like they make their own luck and they are inevitable and, you know, you can come to terms with that any way you want if you don't like the Chiefs, but the, the wrong way to come to terms with that is not, well, they're rigging it for Taylor Swift. Like, imagine if Tom Brady... Like, they weren't rigging it for Giselle. The Patriots just never lost, and they seemingly got all the breaks in all these games. The Chiefs are the new Patriots like that.
2: Right. I mean, I think the you know, I, football fans, you got to be careful not to be like soccer fans and, you know, questioning anybody who comes into the tent. We want yeah. the game to be as big and popular as possible. And it's good when things like this draw a casual audience into it, because like they, like, especially if you're in the sports media, these people become our potential audience, is a big trickle down effect. And so, um, you know, getting mad about it is wasted productivity because it's certainly not, it's just like the chiefs. You're not going to stop it.
1: This has been a big year for, um, maybe non-football fans paying attention to football, because I, I I think of my sister, right? She watched the quarterback with Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, and she's like, I like Kirk, and I like Mahomes. And I remember talking to her, it was right before the year started, she's like, so, like, she was asking me about Aaron Rodgers and all these quarterbacks, so the quarterback show got a lot of people interested, and my sister is also a big Taylor Swift fan, and she's been watching some of these games, and then she's texted me now during Packers game. she's like, it's on at work, like, why can't they score touchdowns? So I, I think it's not just Taylor Swift, like, there's been a couple pieces of media over the last calendar year or so, yeah, I mean, even it, six months, brought a lot of people and in. It, it,
2: there's all these, like, TikToks of these people who, like, don't understand, like, the rules. Like, that yeah. touchback rule broke the Swifties' brains on Reddit. Um, and, like, it is the, – the rules of football are so weird. I mean, yes. it's like if you're – if the football goes over the pylon, you're bounds. but if it's your hand, you're not in bounds. Like, there's so many little nuances that we just – Take for granted that if you're parachuting in from the outside, none of it makes sense collectively. It's no
1: doubt the funniest sport to try to explain to someone who's <laughs> never watched sports because you just like rules just come up as you experience football. Yeah,
2: Grant, like, that's brutal. It's okay if it's like the Chiefs, Ravens, and, but if yeah. it's like a Packers playoff game and somebody from like Europe is watching with you and like asking for every little thing to be like explain, I, yeah. I feel like I've had that happen to me before where I'm like, uh, unsubscribe
1: yeah i need i need a drink i can't i can't do this with you right now well i wanted to ask you about the peacock game because that's what we were outraged about before the chiefs won a couple of games that are now in the super bowl people were very upset it was the most stream sporting event ever mostly because they didn't they didn't give us any other choice but i mean they can claim that record it is true for those who think maybe that this is the beginning of the end it's like soon it'll all be pay-per-view what would you say what's your peacock take for those who were really upset
2: by it there's two separate things. Number one is, like, the streaming services are annoying because you can't change the channel during commercials, yeah. and conspiracy theorists might say that that's why this is the way the world is moving, so we're, like, stuck watching the ads. But um, I, So I understand why people are upset about it, and I understand why... People are upset that like, you know, you used to just have the cable package and it had every game and you paid them like, you know, 150 bucks a month for TV and Internet and call it a day. And now you add in you still need cable. If you're a diehard sports fan, you got to yep. add in. ESPN plus Peacock, Amazon prime. You're going to need Netflix for WWE raw. Um, you basically need all of them and you're looking at like five or 600 bucks a month now. And it's frustrating each new one that has something that's essential to you that you need to add. But I will say Peacock's pretty good. Um, I was like an early adopter to it because every WWE network subscriber became subscribed to Peacock when they moved um, what they call their premium live events, which used to be called pay-per-views, like WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. over there. So I've been on Peacock from the beginning. They've got a lot of like good like scripted entertainment, like they've got the whole SNL and Office and Parks and Rec and Yellowstone archives and a bunch of movies and it's only 6 bucks a month so it's not like HBO Max and Netflix which are up to 20 so if you separate like okay i get it everybody being annoying about having to add more streaming and switching off the cable but once you get over that peacock's actually pretty good
1: I like Peacock a lot. Uh, I've watched like I kind of just rotate through streaming services occasionally, and I'll just watch all the crap that I like on there. And then when I feel like I've made my way through, I might switch. Peacock's pretty yeah. cheap. I like Everybody Loves Raymond. I like House. Uh, Suits obviously is on there. It's also on. It was on Netflix as well. But Peacock's pretty good. So if you're gonna pay for yeah, they, like one or two, Peacock's worth a sub.
2: Yeah, and plus the people who have canceled cable, you can get all of the Sunday night football games mm-hmm. on there all of, like, the, um, the Big Ten football games that air on NBC, plus some exclusive ones, and all the Olympics. And so, just, like, you know, Peacock bore the brunt of it because they were, went first, but I guarantee you, you know, the NFL, we call it the shield. They were a shield for the NBA, who in their next TV deal is almost certainly going to have streaming yes. exclusive playoff games whether that's on ESPN Plus or Amazon Prime or Peacock or all of the above, uh, this genie is not going back in the bottle.
1: Yeah, I hate this. It's like whenever the brewers are on Apple TV, we got to talk about it for a that's week. A, and that's the pissed.
2: one where I drew the line. That's the only one <laughs> that I don't have in our household. We have Paramount Plus, we have Netflix, we have HBO Max, we pay for cable, we have Amazon Prime. The only one where I'm like, this is where I draw the line. That a
1: boy. Have you seen Severance? Did you find a way to watch Severance? No. Oh, well, I, we don't have to waste time on it. Would recommend. It's very – I get it from a family friend. I don't pay for Apple TV, but find a way. That's uh, one of my favorite shows. We're here with Ryan Glassbeagle, New York Post. So they're really going to give Tom Brady Greg Olson's spot, huh? That's We're really trending that way?
2: Yeah, I mean, so my old colleague, Andrew Martian, reported two things. Number one, they gave Brady a 10-year deal worth a total of $375 million to be the number one play-by-play guy. And this was before they promoted Olsen into the job for the last two years. And Olsen has just been spectacular. Good. And so it's like, on some levels, it's like a good problem for Fox to have where you and I are both like big Joe Buck and Troy Aikman guys. Hell I think yeah. that booth, which started at Fox, and the Burkhart Olsen are one and two in some order. And. They're above, um, I think, Tarico and Collinsworth, who are above uh, Romo and Nance. And so, you know, it's kind of a good problem that you go from having this great color commentator to the um, inarguably the greatest player of all time. Although Mahomes might challenge Brady for that supremacy by the time it's all said and done. But right now, Brady's the most accomplished And I think he'll probably also be pretty good at it um, because he's really competitive. And, you know, all the reports say that he's been, like, you know, doing the work. And that's, like, a lot of what this job is, is preparation. And so they are really going to do it unless he comes back again. And I'm never going to rule out that he's going to return because he could, like, if Mahomes wins this week, all of a sudden he's got three Super Bowls. Brady might want to, like, try to stop him from getting another one. like, so, like, who knows? Because he said, you know, he said, oh, I'm staying retired. But then he had this, like, Instagram post that said, oh, well, I was going to come back. But then they threw me a retirement party. So I didn't. So until he's, like, 60, I'm not going to believe that he's done forever. And so that's the only way that he wouldn't go into the booth at this
1: point. That's funny. You know, do you think the complaints about Tony Romo and Jim Nance have, do you think we're now complaining more than, than we should? I I know Andrew Marchand, who's now at the athletic, he was at the post wrote a big column about how like Nance needs to raise his level too, not just Romo. Do do you think the discourse matches reality with Romo and Nance?
2: Yeah. um, I I don't think that they like each other. And Hmm. I don't think that Romo, as I was saying about Brady, is like a big preparer. I think that he he wants to just show up the day before and get high Taylor out of there right um, after the game, and it doesn't feel like he's watching a ton of film. It's like you know, um, we we always hear about like Kyler Murray or in the past we've heard this about Lamar Jackson, where like it trickles out that they're not studying enough. That's what you also hear about romo in these like inside sports media circles now Mm -hmm. he's like made a lot of money and he wants to golf and he wants to spend time with his family i don't like golf but i want to spend a lot of time with my family too so on a human level you can understand it especially since he's locked into a 10-year guaranteed deal but you know they they're not um they, they don't feel like a top guy booth and I wouldn't be stunned, Grant, at some point if we see Nance get booted off of there in the uh-huh. hopes that, like, Ian Eagle or Kevin Harlan Car- can reinvigorate Romo and get him, like, back on the straight and narrow and super into the job.
1: Ian Eagle is so good. You know, I-, I was talking about this with Bill, who does our afternoon show the other day. Um, like Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan when I'm driving around on the weekend and I need to check in on these games in the car like they are outstanding I think you have to be outstanding to do it on the radio right because you you're the only you are the voice there's there's no watching along with the video component like on tv but I, I really like Iron Eagle I don't know that that's totally fair to Jim Nance but I also don't know that Nance is amazing I think he's I think he's fine so, I, I don't know. That's, I don't think that's he tough.
2: loves football. Like, the, the, sure. You can tell um, who, who does and doesn't. And, um, you know, golf is his first love. And that's fine. But he's calling games that, like, a sixth of the country are watching. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you'd, you'd probably rather have somebody, like, you know, that's the thing is right now Eagle and Harwin are better at it than he is. And yeah. so – uh, it's, it's I don't know about for next year but I, if I were him I'd be starting to prepare for life after this game
1: yeah interesting well when you put it that way a sixth of the country yeah I guess it's a, I guess it's an important job I guess it's one that you you gotta get right <laughs> lastly I, I saw our, our fellas with Dunco they announced the sphere today I don't think I can hack it financially um, I guess we haven't seen ticket prices yet but what did you think about that news when you saw it today before I let you go
2: I think I think We'll be able to get into that building for three hundred bucks or so. So if I, I think it I think it's doable for one night. Interesting. I don't know. I might be out
1: on destination concerts because I what I've found is like, when I, when I invest time and I take time off and I, like, put everything into going to a show, the show is the thing, This four days, and I took off work, and, like, the show has to be good, and if the show isn't amazing, I, I feel like I've wasted. I It's a mental thing that I yeah, need this, to fix. This
2: one you gotta do. Everybody who's been in that building says that it's a transformational oh, experience. Now, here's what I'm interested in, Grant. Ugh. Do we think that they're going to let the Deadheads smoke joints inside that building because Hmm. i could see it going either way and if, if they don't um I think you're going to end up with a lot of unhappy deadheads.
1: I don't know that. I mean, do they ask permission? Are they going to pat people down? Like, how does that even work?
2: They, I mean, if, if, I've been in Vegas clubs where they pat you down and take, like, your joints away from you. And so, um, like, what, and who knows, like, about overzealous ushers? And it was funny. I was at, um, you were, I think you told me this. It yeah. was like an overzealous usher at Wrigley mm-hmm. who was like stopping them from doing it outside. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, by the way, I meant to comment on the, the dead intro music that you played. I, I appreciated course. that. Oh. Um, no, I think that we, I think we got to try and do it, and it's going to be harder for me than it is for you because I have three kids, five and under, in my house, Ew. and I have to tell my wife I want to go to Las Vegas for a Grateful Dead concert, um, she, doesn't, she doesn't know the difference between Grateful Dead and Dead and Code. So That's fine. Um, it, I I think it's borderline essential. Damn
1: it! Mm. I always tell it, myself it, I can't swing it. Oh, a PlayStation Five? No, I'm out. No, I bought a PS Five. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Just say it's for work. You got to cover it. Or is she a little smarter? Is she wizened up to that?
2: No, I, it's it's not for work. That I I have <laughs> to I all. I don't stretch the truth. Like I'm going to, sure. Uh, I'm not going to the NBA All Star Game, but I'm going to an event before it, and that's work, and that's justifiable. Okay. Um, okay. The Grateful Dead is I have to beg and borrow and promise favors and um, just pray. I, I have to like wait until she's in the right mood to make the ask. Sweet, is really man. the key component.
1: You're a smart man. I just learned a lot about uh, about being the man of the house and a family and and how you need to occasionally sneak away for things and how to play your cards. So I appreciate that. That was a great way to wrap up our conversation. Ryan, I kept you too long. Thank you. Have an awesome night. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank line. you for having
2: me. Thanks, Grant. Yeah.
1: Ryan Glassbeagle, New York Post. Damn it. Do I have to go? <sighs> I'll look into it. I mean, I, like, I'll look into it, I guess. I'll, I'll check it out. I just—I don't know. They were done at Wrigley, and I'm like, all right, we did it three or four years in a row. I'm good on Denko now, and I could watch it at home, the comfort of my own living room. This is a battle that I have to fight. You are all not involved in this. Um, I'll work through. I'll work through. I need a. I need a break. I need. Damn it! How much money's in my? How much money's in my bank account? I'll go look. All right, we're back in three minutes.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show wrapping up hour number one. We thank Ryan Glassbeagle. If you don't follow him on Twitter, follow him. Sports Report. Let's give him the Bills bump. Thank him for joining the show, talking about sports and sports media. A lot of good stories so far in 2024. Let's take a call here before we take a break at 5 o'clock. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
3: Oh, man, Grant, you put me on the spot. A little
1: little bit, Matt, and Cross Plains. We got about a minute and a half. What are you thinking tonight? What's up?
3: Oh, man, I would love to just, you know, talk about the MLB, you know, free agent signing of Reese Hoskins and the Brewers. What a a signing that was.
1: So you're a Cubs fan. Your Cubs wanted him. What's your angle here? This doesn't feel genuine.
3: Oh, Oh, no, it's totally genuine. You know, I always cheer for the Brewers unless they're playing the Cubs, of course. Uh, You know, I mean, we poached your manager and we haven't done much else. Uh, We got a Hector Neris from the Astros, which was pretty pretty cool. But uh, everybody's leaning on Cody Bellinger, so i was just going to get your take and see what you thought about uh, his free agency. Well, you know, I check Bellinger
1: trending on Twitter every day, and it seems like Cubs fans are getting less and less faithful. He's going to be back.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a big mistake. I think you got to pay, pay, pay that man his money, you know? He earned it. Do you think no, they anyways, will? Yeah, I just wanted to... I I think they will because I think uh, Scott Boris has four free agents that are unsigned, and him, Snell, uh, I can't remember the other two offhand right now, but I know he's got four. So I think uh, they're just all holding out. They're just all holding out, Grant. And uh, so I thought I'd call in quick and say hello since I haven't spoken to you in a while. It has been too long. Wish you well. Uh, You know, you were in Milwaukee. Uh, My son got to play at Pfizer Forum, which was pretty cool in a game. Uh, So that was cool. Uh, Yeah, other than that, not much else going on.
1: Perfectly timed call with about 10 seconds to spare. Matt and Cross Plains, thank you. I appreciate you giving me a ring.
3: Yes. Have a great rest of your show. See ya. Yeah,
1: you too. Matt and Cross Plains, have an awesome night. Yeah, I do like following the the Bellinger barometer. Like, fans are getting less and less faithful, it seems. Hour 2, Wisco Sports Show next.
0: We fully believed and fully expected to win this game I and mean, get San Francisco credit, but I, I felt like we had plenty of opportunities to kind of put the game out of reach, didn't do enough. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So I check my
1: bank account. Uh, I can do it should. Now that's an entirely different thing. Uh, Whether I should spend hundreds of dollars of tickets to go to Vegas, see a show at the Sphere. Here's the thing. I I don't like putting all of my eggs in one basket. And and this is what I mean. I don't like putting my spiritual eggs in one basket. I don't like putting my financial eggs all in one basket. This is what I mean. I don't like committing large amounts of money and possible paid time off, travel time, right? This is is all stressful. Like if you're going to go see a show in Chicago, for example, let's say you live in La Crosse, you live in Madison, you live in Eau Claire, you are driving hours to go see a concert that you really want to go see. Okay, you're spending hundreds of dollars on tickets because that's just what a concert runs, you know, got to get a hotel room, right? Are we Ubering? We're going into a foreign city. We don't know very well. There's some uncertainty, some stress that comes with that. And it's all being done. Financial stress, right? The stress of the unknown, the stress of sleeping somewhere else. You have pets that you got to leave behind, whatever it might be. And you're all, you're putting all those eggs in the concert basket. And that, it makes it difficult to enjoy the concert sometimes. When you know that everything you put into this, and if you've convinced friends to come along, if you've convinced your significant other to come along, it's like, this con- This is going to be it, this is going to be great. And then it's it's just fine. Oh, okay, well, it's I have a hard time consuming a concert that way. It's like, well, what if the concert is just fine? Or what if the concert's good, but it needs to be great in order to make it all worth it, you know? I feel the same way about going out and drinking, by the way. This is why I struggle with bachelor parties, and this is why I struggle with birthdays. This is why I struggle with New Year's Eve. is because I don't think you can force an amazing late night out on the town. You know, the nights where you stay out until almost bar close? You, you can't force it. Well, it's this person's birthday, so we're going to stay out all night. Well, that's not how it works. Right, The nights that you stay out all night, it's where the mood catches you. It's where the stars are aligned in a certain way. It's, it's where the night air just, just feels a certain amount of crisp, and there's, there's something in the air. It's like, man, I want to drink tonight. I want to stay out tonight. I don't want to go to bed early tonight. I, I'll put up with a hangover tomorrow. But, but you can't force that. That happens naturally. And that's why, that's why I'm opposed to, to birthdays and a bachelor party. Well, I like bachelor parties. I'm not opposed to the idea of a birthday party or a bachelor party. I'm opposed to the idea of because it's someone's birthday, we can't possibly go home before midnight. Right, because it's a bachelor party, we're staying all night and then some. Right, it's hard. Like maybe, maybe I do want to stay out all night, but it's not. You you can't force it. It's like Narnia. When you try to find it, that's when you. That's when it slips away. Right, it's like no, no, no. Tonight I'm going to stay out until two a.m. Man, that's that's not up to you. That's up to the drinking, boozing gods. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna find the energy. And, and and the stamina to stay out all night and to have fun until 2 a.m. and to just have a, have a ball, that, that's not up to you. There's some higher power at play that allows a night to line up like that. Am I the only, am I nuts? Are, are you like listening to me and you're like, oh, he's got a good point. You, you just can't force a night where you stay out late, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've been involved with a birthday party or some sort of celebration, and everyone's like not having a good time, but no one wants to go back home because like, well, we got to stay out, but no one's having fun. So we audible, let's go home. We can play some games. We can drink at home. I, I don't know, fire up the GameCube, play some Mario Kart, do something else, right? If the if the bar isn't barring at one let's go home. But some of these situations, he can't. And I feel the same way about concerts. I don't like putting all of the financial investment into a concert and taking time off and traveling to a weird city and getting a place to stay and, and making it a whole thing because then the concert has to be good. Like It has to be the greatest thing you've ever seen or it's going to feel like it's not worth it. And I... I don't like backing myself into a corner like that. I don't like putting all my eggs in one basket. Does that make sense? I hope I hope it does. I hope you see the connection I'm trying to make between concerts and nights out on the town. It's like a good con the best concerts are the one, in my opinion, on a weeknight in town, maybe a band you've never heard of. You're like, damn, I I love these sons of guns. Who's this again? I've never heard of this band before. Right? We just stopped in because you heard there was live music, or maybe a friend randomly invited you. That 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 those are the best concerts. The arena concerts can be fun, don't get me wrong, but you got to get tickets months in advance and you got to get yourself psyched up to go. And it, if the concert isn't amazing, it's going to be a disappointment. It's just the reality. I'm, I'm not trying to poop on concerts or bachelor parties to stay out all night long. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I, I think I'm. think I think some of you are nodding along when you're hearing me, right? I hope so, at least. In terms of sports, this is a sports show, Packers still don't have a new defensive coordinator, but this hiring cycle took another step closer to being completed today. The Seahawks hired Mike McDonald, who we thought maybe was the next man up for the Commanders. Instead, he goes to Seattle. I'm surprised that I'm more interested in this Commander's job. I don't think it's the best job in the world, but Dan Snyder isn't the owner anymore, right? Things are on the up and up, and I know the Commanders are bad, but you can start from the very beginning. You're in on the ground floor, second overall pick. You can take any quarterback you want, probably not Caleb Williams or whoever the Bears take, but, but part of that is nice. Like, look how that worked out for the Texans. The Panthers made the decision for him. So so with the Commanders, you get your quarterback of choice, minus, assumedly, Caleb Williams. You have five or six picks in the top 100. I keep saying uh, you're going to have money to spend. The ownership group is going to want to invest and want to win. And, and you're not going to have expectations in year one. I, I think the Commander's job is a good job. There's no Justin Herbert on the Commanders, but I'm surprised it is still vacant. Mike McDonald goes to Seattle, so now maybe he takes Zach Orr or Zach Orr becomes the new D.C. in Baltimore, right? So now some of these candidates are going to come off the board because they have opportunities elsewhere and they don't need to leave or they can follow the guy they've been working under. And that's a safe, secure thing for a young coach trying to find their way in the league. So we can talk about the Packers defensive coordinator search. The next step in the hiring process, which was Mike McDaniel, the Ravens defensive coordinator becoming the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks today, which has ripple effects for other teams trying to find their head coaches and coordinators. Talk about that. Damian Lillard is back in Portland tonight. We can talk about that or Matt and Cross Plains right before we took that break at five o'clock. You know, talking about the Reese Hoskins signing and hot stove, Major League Baseball and Supreme Agency. I'll I'll talk about whatever. I want to take some calls. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric on
4: I-90. Eric
1: on I-90. Hey, Eric, you know all about staying out all night long till bar close. I bet you're an expert.
4: I certainly do, Grant. I certainly do. I'm like a, I'm like a veteran when it comes to that, yes. Really? I don't do it much anymore, but you are exactly right on trying to go out and re-ignite
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh, a certain event or yes. a certain night out. It's a moment in time, mm-hmm. and that's really why they have to be savored. Because you just can't do it, I. Uh, you know you just can't reinvent that night. I. You know I, I went on a lot of like I went on years ago. We used to go up to the Apple River, group of guys, and we flew up there. Where? What our first trip up Apple River. Should
1: I know where that is, or is that a really small town?
4: It's right up by Hudson, Hudson, Wisconsin. It's oh. a river where you go float in the you go float in a inner tubes for the day. Okay. All right, and you, you just do a fold. All right, and we went up there one year, ran into these Canadian chicks, and I mean, it was just, you know, a night to remember. Okay,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and we went the next year, and we went the next year. The Canadian chicks were there the next year too, but we just never relived the whole thing again. Right? You just, we just couldn't. You just couldn't match it. Yeah. You got,
1: you got no, to go create no. the next, you got to go find the next thing. You can't go back, oh, oh the old it's... high school bar, oh, the old college bar. Like, yeah, going back to your college town is fun here and there, but it's never going to be the same, and you can't make it the same. Yeah, I like I like what you're preaching no, you here, can't.
4: Eric. No, that's true. And those, those times, now, you're a young man. There's a lot of those times ahead of you. So savor every one. And they'll continue to go, but as you get older, like everything, it just gets less and less of it. So... I, I, I that's my advice to you today, Grant.
1: I appreciate Thanks, that, Eric.
4: Um, wow.
1: Are you enjoying but before oh, I let you go, you're a Bucks fan, you enjoying the Doc Rivers era so far? All it's cracked up
4: to be? Right. I mean, I think that I think this team can can pull this together. Uh they really went out there and gave um really went out there and gave uh, the nuggets a run for their money. Yeah, they did. I think. You know um you know, Midwest radio called me up today or what? yesterday and they said that I was gonna be part of budgetary cuts and they couldn't retain <laughs> me to do the show anymore and I, I said I'm doing it for free. Damn it. And they they said yeah, well, that's fine. Okay, keep calling them. Oh, so I was not part of them budgetary cuts. No oh, And I'm God. glad to see you weren't either.
1: Oh I'm I'm and I'm, I'm not- glad too. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Eric. The bosses probably were shocked we were paying you for all the time that you contribute to these shows. It's like, wait, you're not on the payroll with Mike Clemens for all you give to these shows? Nope, you just do it for free, and that's why nope, we love nope, you, Eric. Thank you. you, thank you for your humor, your wit, and that great story about meeting some Canadian women that made my night. You
4: know, they were some nice girls. Don't get me wrong; I don't <laughs> want to make the story any more
1: than it was. All right, <laughs> they, we just had a good nice time. Girls
4: looking for a good time and we all had a
1: good time together I oh my call. god appreciate you eric thanks for the call
4: talk to you later,
1: bud. yeah talk to you eric on i-90 oh those canadian women up by have yeah it's by interstate state park right okay yeah it's, that's that's i know that part of the state then it's the Saint Croix, yeah that that area yeah you can't recreate a night like that eric I, I had a night like that in montana this last year we were making a big pot of stew over the fire down by the lake and there were a, there was this young couple camping just down the beach from us and we had leftover food. And we brought it to them, And and these people were from Vermont and they were through hikers. And if you're like, what the hell is that? I said the same thing. That's where you hike like for weeks or months at a time from town to town to town. They were doing the the Continental Divide Trail, which I think I'm trying to remember, started in Canada and goes all the way down to New Mexico. And they were in the, the Montana portion. So they've been sleeping outside for weeks. With really no end in sight, I I hope they made it. But I'll never bump into them again. I don't know. That was a moment in time. I can't then go back to that same beach and start a fire and be like, where the hell are them yuppies from Vermont who quit their jobs to walk across America, north to south? No, it's gone. It's gone. We'll never get it back. So now we create new times. I'm glad Eric under. I knew Eric. Eric's very wise. I knew he would understand the, the tree I was barking up there. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Actually,
6: believe it or not, so do I, buddy. Eric, you're kind of dead on. Yeah, the Apple River is where uh, you get you get tubes, It's rafting. You're rafted. It's it's uh, what's the word? It's yeah, tubing. You go down this long, long, long river. Um, right outside of Madison, here down in Albany, has the Sugar River, oh. where in the summertime a lot. I mean, this place is just crazy. Where you get up at to the top of the river, Sugar River, and you just raft. You tie your raft together, and you just float down down the river, the you know, miles and miles and they Come pick you up. Wow. So I did that uh,
1: in my hometown of Menominee. We tube down the Red Cedar River, out down to Downsville. Yep. Uh, and the one time I did it, the last time I did it, we forgot the car keys to the pickup car at the drop off <laughs> car. And we had to walk back on the trail. I think it was, I think we realized a little bit more than halfway. So it was probably yep. like
6: close to miles
1: barefoot. It was a great time. Can't believe I haven't done it yep. since. And
6: sense. a lot of people lose their phones, but no, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, you're right. It's funny you're a and all that, just trying to make things happen with your friends and organizing events, and you can't relive it. God, ain't that the truth? I've been doing that for all my life. You, you try to re- you know organize things with guys, and six months out, nine months out, you think you got everything done. The day comes, man, you're all excited, man. You get to the airport, you fly in. Hey, how's everybody doing, man? And hell, by the next day you want to go home.
0: Yeah. Yep.
6: It, yeah. So it's it's. But one thing Eric did say, as you know, the, the experiences you do now, yeah, you you'll have them look back on you. We just had a, it was a two weekends ago. All the college buddies got together out in Colorado. There's like five of them having each season in forty years. Wow. So, you know, but it, but it took a year to plan. Yeah. So you're thinking, yeah, man, this is going to be great. five guys. We're all got the hotels, and I don't know. You get out there, and we're all we're all in our sixties, and it was fun. Like I guess it was fun for. But then the next day it's like, uh, okay, and on by Sunday I'm going, all right. But yeah, it's a sa- savor, especially with me, you know, with my stage four cancer. So anything I do now, these guys wanted to get together because they knew they'd never see me again. So they, they we all they all want to reincarnate back in 18, 19 year old days. And and you're right, up to two in the morning, you can't plan that. It's either it either it happens or it doesn't happen. Yeah. So yeah I, can't you, I can't believe you and I, man, for the first time. I was supposed to call you, well, I mean, what, what a wuss. You can't hang with the big boys, but yeah, you're you're actually right, Bill. You, you spend all that money, and then it's kind, of a, dis- it's kind yeah. of a disappointment. And you're wondering, you ever get to the thing where you spend all that money, right? You're at the concert, and you're having a blast. You stop and go... What the hell did I do? Just I just spent like seven hundred bucks. How many what songs? I, I have I have never been to a concert. This is
3: this
1: is true. I think of most people. I've never been to the best concerts I've ever been to in my life. I still thought probably twenty five minutes from the end. It's like oh, I wonder how many songs are left. I, I always want to leave. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It could be the best show <laughs> I've ever seen. And I'm like, yeah. but they could yeah. they could wrap it up anytime. Like yeah, this is
6: great. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it, it's, it, and you plan it, it. Took you six months to plan it. Or, or, or sporting event, you know. Like, I always wanted to go you know, go to a you know, Cubs playoff game, so we, we went down there in Game Six to sat outside the stadium. We, you know, on the, the um, when they won, the, out in the, it, um, said, that's, at Wrigley Field, we were in the streets. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're all excited, the anticipation, man. You're down there, you're walking. It's the top of the ninth, they win, and so it's like, okay, I'm, let's go home.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
6: Sometimes, <laughs> so, yeah, but, but you had me until. You're cooking stew on a beach. Then I'm going, oh, my God. We were cow. making, but that, but it you know, was over
1: a fire. We had cut vegetables and meat. That's his manly, no, 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 no. You're, yeah, that's a, that's no, a mess.
6: No, no, it is. No, it is. So on a good note, for once, you and I, uh, but yeah, but the bottom line, like Gary said, uh, that'd be the one advice I give. If you're going to do something, savor it because you're going to think about it 30 years from now, 40 years from now, and and uh, that, that, that's why we all got together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we said we say goodbye to everybody, and uh, that was it, because they're never going to see me again.
1: And you go back to real life, and you're like, ah, I kind of miss my apartment, kind of miss my recliner.
6: Yeah, I yeah, I was in the Dells on Saturday night. And seven hours into it, I go, I want to go home. So my general manager drove all the way up there to get me, because I wanted to go home. I had fun with the guys, you know, they were my customers. I had a blast with them. I mean, they, they were a hoot for seven hours. Then all of a sudden they wanted to go to Chubby's. and I'm too old and I don't want to go home.
1: Yeah, well, and you again. We talked about it. It's it's a bad value for you to go to a strip club. You don't get your money's worth.
6: No, God, no. But anyway, I just said nothing about sports. I just had to call in and uh, chime in to totally agree. But no, never take it. Uh, I I tell my customers never take it for granted because mm-hmm. it may be the last time. And so if yourself, you got something to do it, do it. Never take it for granted.
1: Appreciate you, Dave. Thanks for the call. Yep, and there he goes, not saying goodbye. I thought maybe that was one of our more wholesome conversations. Uh re- relating to concerts, the the only concert that I have on the books for the Well, I have one in, I have one in April in Milwaukee, but the the only grand scale concert I think I want to see, I mentioned this yesterday. I do want to see Hosier at um Bree Stevens Field, the Steve. I swear to God, I I said that first, and we're gonna get that to catch on. And in a couple of years, everyone in Madison is gonna refer to Bree Stevensfield as the Steve. It just need it need a little bit of time. But I'm telling you right now, at the beginning of 2024, I've been calling it that for a year. I that's that started. I know I try. What did I try to gatekeep the other day? The the um. What was, Oh, the Greg Marcus thing, which I also kind of think that I started. I'll never be able to prove it. This I'll be able to prove. When people are calling it the Steve, now the Hosier concert's on a Friday night. It's in the summer. It's outside. That that might be as close as we can get to a true. Now, it's going to cost a little money for a ticket. That's not a problem. No traveling, no work the next day, no PTO. That that could be, but, but here again, I'm hyping it up, and, and it's going to find a way to disappoint. This is, this is what we're talking about. Maybe this applies to defensive coordinators too. It's like, man, we're gonna we're gonna get one of these defensive coordinators, young guy, lots of energy, and then he'll be fine, but because we hyped him up so much, we'll still be disappointed. This is this is a really grim show. This is a really pessimistic approach. Maybe you just shouldn't get excited about things. Maybe you shouldn't plan things, don't get excited about things. You take life as it comes to you and you just enjoy the the things that you should enjoy. And then and then you never have a chance to be disappointed. Huh? I mean that's maybe that's the lesson to be learned. One more call, then we'll take a break. Six oh eight. 321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
7: Hey, Grant. It's the old Clemhead. Hey,
1: Clemhead. You probably have some wisdom to add into this.
7: Oh, God. You know what? Never go out with a bunch of guys. <laughs> Me and a bunch of guys, when our ship left uh, Long Beach and the shipyards were going, to, heading towards San Diego, where a permanent station was, least we said, well, let's go out with a bang. Let's go to the Petty Officer's Club and drink till we can't walk. So we all went over to the Petty Officer's Club, and we drank so much. I don't know. If It's been, you know, I don't know if I ever drank that much before. And I ended up with my friend Julio face down on the table. And we had a a mountainous pyramid of beer cans on our table. And this chief petty officer, this first-class petty officer, came over and started screaming at us because he's sleeping. So what? He's asleep. He's not causing any trouble. Knocks our pyramid over, gets in our face. And I got in his face. We started doing some chest bumping. And I... We, I screamed at them and Dropped every f bomb I could think of, and we wa- You know, we planned this. This was a bad idea. We planned this drunk, and we, I walked out the door, and six uh, shore patrolmen jumped me, and they put two sets of handcuffs on me, oh. put me across the hood of the car. <laughs> I spent the night in the brig, and I had to poop and the toilet's out in the open in the middle of the cell. And I, <laughs> talk about humiliating! I said, No, I'm never planning a, a all fall down drunk again ever. That's, i'm gonna let it happen organically i'm not gonna do this ever <laughs> well and that's
4: that's the
1: problem like i have all these buddies you know we'll have a weekend or we'll have some you know some event on the books we'll be like we're gonna get so drunk and then i have like four yeah. beers i'm like i don't know that i want to be throwing up tonight and hung over to it like i don't know you can't for you can't plan it you just gotta let it happen
7: yep. it wasn't the right time for you and this was uh, a bad time because we our ship pulled out and i never <laughs> i'd never been on the on the ship when i was moving before and i barfed and i barfed and i barfed yeah it was miserable so it was not worth it hey can but i memory, can, so. can i break some news to you right now clemhead mike uh i bet you it's about
1: dc we have a new defensive coordinator uh, jeff i knew it jeff halfley who was the head coach of boston college huh nice boy maybe. well i hope so the one true faith i would i would hope Well, damn. Well, now I now what I need to do is take a break and learn. This guy was not on my radar, and the guys who were on my radar, I didn't probably do as much research as I should have, which is a good thing because none of them got hired. So now I'll learn about this guy.
7: I just want to make one quick comment. After seeing you on Bill's show on uh, was it Monday or Tuesday? Shoot, I'm having a. uh, You got on. You got a lot of camera time, and uh, I I posted on the chat. I said, "Oh, now a little something for the ladies." have you ever seen the movie, The Curious Case of Benjamin Buttman, yes. Button? Yes. Yes, I have. Well, I swear to God, Grant, you look like you're younger now than you were in the other videos I've seen you in.
1: Well, I got a good night's sleep last night. I think that went a long <laughs> yeah. way. I, I've been trying <laughs> to go to bed earlier so I can be my best for Bill first thing at 10 o'clock yeah. in the morning. I think it's paying off. I, I think I, I think I look better. I do.
7: Yeah. So I said, I forced to add a little something for
1: the ladies that people thought that was pretty good. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm the sex appeal. That's why Bill keeps you around. I got to run. Right. I got to take a break and learn okay. about this guy, Clumhead. Thanks you for the too. call. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, have a good one. Clumhead Mike. All right, here's the sitch. We got two people on hold. I just added a third person. I promise I will get to all three of you in this next segment, but I do got to get in this break. So if you can wait, appreciate your patience. Wisco Sports Show back after this.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show got a little philosophical in that last segment. And then we got some, thank God, some concrete sports news. Packers have hired their defensive coordinator. It's Jeff Hafley, he's the head coach at Boston College. So three minutes of research, three minutes of pondering and and reflecting on this. I like it for these reasons. I like that he's got a background in coaching defensive backs because I think the Packers are fixing to draft a lot of defensive backs. I think two or three corners, you know, a safety or two in this draft. I think they're really going to reload on the back end of the defense. And I like a coach with that emphasis. I like that because I think that's going to fit. Now, I wouldn't only hire a coach for that reason, but I I think it's a plus. I also think that he is the best of both worlds in a candidate because what what are the the two lines of thinking when hiring a coordinator, right? You can go with a head coach that has not hacked it as a head coach, Brandon Staley type hire, um, Steve Spagnola type hire, uh, Wade Phillips type hire. You can can go that way. Experienced, seasoned, grizzly veteran who's been there, done that. Or you can go up-and-comer, young guy. And I actually think that this is a little bit of best of both worlds, right? Because he does have experience in the NFL. He was an assistant with Tampa Bay and with the Browns and with the Niners. And then he was at Ohio State as a defensive coordinator, defensive backs guy. And then he was the head coach at Boston College for a couple years. So up-and-comer, looking to climb the ranks of the football world, but also with head coaching experience. Lots of, co- lots of college coaching experience, lots of NFL coaching experience. So you're getting a breadth of experience in someone who's still young and hungry and trying to climb the ranks. I like that. That seems like a good mix. Again, I've only known about this hire for three or four minutes. This, I'm just trying to react to this in real time. And of course, because the Packers hired him, I'm going to look for reasons to like him. Those are the reasons I like it. Uh, give me another maybe 10 or 15 minutes. I can give you some reasons I don't. Right now, I have none. Uh, but as a Packers owner, you know, I got to stand by the decision of my good football people. I empowered Goody, powered Matt LaFleur to make their own decisions. Who am I to step in their way? I'm a hands-off owner. I'm not a meddler. Tony is in Texas, 608-321-167. Tony. Grant, I
8: thought we were going to find a presidential candidate for the Republican Party before we found a defensive coordinator. This is, uh, <laughs> this is crazy, not crazy news, but very surprising. And I'm, I'm reading up on this guy, and I... I I like it. I have the same mindset as, as what you have, and what I think also is a college guy can kind of bring in some different things that maybe the NFL guys aren't using or, or seeing. You're going to be able to uh, relate or I, you know talk to kids because that's what he's doing. Uh, I wonder if the guy's getting out of college football for the wrong reasons, though. That'd be something I'd, I'd I'd ponder, like, maybe the NIL and all that stuff. But... Well,
1: do you think that's a bad reason to leave college football? I just think that he doesn't want to do all that I crap anymore. I don't
8: think it's a bad reason to leave, but... It, it's a
1: bad reason is... for college football. College football should be like, we're losing good coaches because this is a mess, right. but that's not a Jeff Halfley or a Packers problem.
8: No, but, I, you know, just my my initial reaction is the same reaction you're having right now. The best of both worlds, I, 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 I find it outside the box, but actually inside the box, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, I, I like it. I, I, but I am curious why they didn't hire some of the other guys that they interviewed. And I know the McDonald hiring in Seattle might, there might be a trickle down effect. That's a big part of it. But I, I am curious about that. You know, so that, that it's 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 an interesting hire, Grant. I, I am excited. I don't know if, if uh, the players will be, but you know, it's it, ultimately it's going to be if the coach can put his scheme in there and connect with his players and teach and develop them. So. It's that's,
1: that's an interesting hire, man. It is interesting. I like, this is not boring. I'm, I'm entertained and I'm excited to see how this goes. I I think it's, I think that's going to be my take. It's a perfect mix of experienced while also still being on the rise. Like he's looking to get back into the NFL, looking to make his mark. I don't know if he has head coaching experience or head coach uh, on the brain. And maybe that's his goal one day. I I don't know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's why he left college football. He's like, what? So I'm going to do Boston college. And then I'm going to jump to a power five and go coach a school like Arkansas. Like, you know what I mean? That's just such a long, hard road, especially in today's college football climate. I don't blame him.
8: No, I don't blame him. I don't either. But I think Jimmy Leonard's got to be kicking himself. I mean, he could have had that job and and taken a team that was on the rise and and would have been good underneath him. He should have taken that job. And it just shows that he was the guy for the job when Joe Barry got hired. So, you know, just to put that in there, I think Jimmy should have taken that job. But, you know, my first reaction, I like this hire. I had a good story. And you guys are talking about stories about going out. You're absolutely right. David Monona is is on a roll. Some of his best calls yet. Eric from I-90, you are my man. You are the man. Canadian girls rock. You are absolutely correct. I I had a good 2014 story from the Final Four, though, I want to tell you real quick. Yeah, hit me. Okay. So we had a death recently in the adult film industry, Jesse Jane. I don't know if you read about this, Grant.
1: Okay. Okay. Sure. Yep. Keep going.
8: Well, (laughs) anyway, Badgers are playing down here in the final four. I'm at a bar. We just lost the game. I'm out and about. And it seems like a lot of my fun nights are always with sporting events. I'm at this bar and all of a sudden I'm dancing with this, this Jesse Jane, who's a, you know, an adult film star having a good old time and dancing around and, drinking and taking shots and those nights are the best nights when there's a sporting event somehow mixed in with the night out with the buddies
1: this was an outstanding call i love that this is this is devolved into here's a time we all got really messed up uh because it does it does just come out of nowhere you weren't planning to dance with a porn star it's not something you had on your calendar it just happened
8: why why was she there? I had to Google her. I was like, why the hell is she at this
1: case? You did not have to Google why her. She, you did not have to you didn't have to Google her. Don't tell me. No, I don't believe that yeah. for a second. You knew exactly who she was.
8: <laughs> uh, I, honestly I did. I did. Yeah. Okay, I'm not okay. gonna lie. Okay. <laughs> I'm not I've, gonna lie. Anyway, back to back to business. Go pack. I like to yeah. hire. And yeah, let's see what happens, man. I this will be interesting.
1: All right, Tony. Appreciate it. Have a good night, friend. All right, yeah. Tony in Tony in Texas. Um, this is a hilarious show. We're going back and forth from drunk stories to Packers got a new defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's my statement at this moment in time. It's a good mix of experience, but also someone who hasn't like completely been around the block. Speaking of porn stars, uh, someone who has lots of experience, a couple different levels, but also is looking to climb the ranks. I also saw a report. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm trying to catch tweets and, and reports from certain football insiders at, at certain moments in time as this is broken. He, he was excited at the idea to come coach with the Packers, a historical NFL franchise. Let me see if I can find that tweet before we go to our next call here. Or you know what? While we have this call on, then I will look for the tweet. Then it'll be easier to multitask. Let's do that. Good idea. Everyone was yelling that into their radio. 608-321-1670. Ridge Runner Mark is here. What's up, Mark?
9: Hey, not much, sir. Um, two things. Uh, so the new hire... I'd have to Google them and look that stuff up, but I think the reason why we're so amped up for a DC is because we've always, since Favre, we've had the guy where as long as the defense can hold them, our guy'll score points. Yeah. And what has let us down? It's been the defense. We scored 21 points against San Francisco. That should have been enough. See, I,
1: I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with you, but I agree with your logic in that I don't always want my defensive mentality to be just be good enough. Like I,
3: right? I right. get what you're saying. They need from. to be better.
9: Yeah, they they need, and we're so fixated on that because we don't have to worry about the offense. And we had it again this year. Towards the end, they were like, we don't have to worry about the offense. They scored 48 points against Dallas. We just need the defense to play good. Uh, and you know, if we're talking drunk stories, <laughs> I got a good one for you. Hit me. Um, so I call this the country kitchen story because I have several. But this is the country kitchen story. I don't know. It wasn't there when you were going to college in La Crosse. But there was a country kitchen down on King Street near downtown. So it was oh. like perfect
1: drunk trap. Yeah, I was going to say King Street sounds like the place the country kitchen would be. With respect to King Street, I had a buddy who lived on King Street. It's a, it's a great little yeah. corner of downtown. But that's where the country kitchen would go. Yes.
9: Yeah. So it was adventure night. We had decided this early on. I wasn't driving myself home. So I'm like, I can have a few more drinks. Crash at a buddy's house downtown. And I normally keep track of how many drinks I have. Clearly, I did not. We're drinking snake bites, Southern Comforts and Cokes, Ooh. rum and Cokes. It's all good. Oh, I love rum and Cokes. We get hungry. So naturally, let's walk to Country Kitchen. We walk to Country Kitchen. I sit down. I order everybody's favorite. Two eggs, hash browns, toast. Took a bite of egg. Took a bite of toast. Took a bite of hash browns. Yeah, I'm done. Hold my five bucks out, set it down on the table and said, gentlemen, I'm going to go hang out outside. I'm done. Sitting outside by the entrance. Closest friend there at the time. He comes out. He's going to be a good friend and watch over me. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay, Ridge Runner. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, man, I just don't want to throw up. Yeah, I get it, man. It's all right. You'll be fine. Okay. Half hour later, our ride comes out. All right, Mark, time to move. And I go, oh, moving's a bad idea. Lean over girl on the sidewalk near the entrance Ooh. two people walk by while i'm doing that i look up at them and go welcome to country kitchen enjoy your meal
1: <laughs> i don't that was very witty by you in the moment well done i'll give you credit yeah. uh, i don't yeah, know if i, I would have sure. gone into the country kitchen at that moment in time i think i might have kept walking <laughs> oh my
9: god yeah it was mostly booze there wasn't a lot of food there uh, uh... but yeah you know and you can't capture that you, you can't have an adventure night that's exactly the same. You can't have that. Like, just like you're saying, you got to go out and, and do something new and different. I've been yeah. going golfing in the spring with my brother and a bunch of buddies every year for the last 20 years. We don't try to recapture anything. No. We go to new places. We go to new golf courses. And we just hang out. And Good for you. Weird stuff always happens. Fun stuff always happens, when we don't try to recreate it. Recreate it. So I get where you're coming from. This is
1: outstanding. I appreciate you, Mark. I'm going to take one more call. Thanks for the call and the story. <laughs> right on. Take care, man. I feel like I know the patch of sidewalk. This is the on. See, that's the thing. Many times have I prepared for a weekend with friends, been like, I'm going to get so drunk on Saturday, I'm going to throw up on the river. I've never thrown up. I've never, I've never called my shot like that. It's never gone that way. I, I also, it was just an example, I've never thrown up on a river, but nights have gone south in the way that Ridge Runner Mark is describing, but it's never premeditated, it's never planned, can't do it, this is why I struggle with making big plans, going to big concerts, and by the way, Jeremy and Scotty yell out on Twitter, who might be the biggest day one of this show, five, six years ago I'm talking about, giving me flack for saying, I look, I have gone to concerts, the best concerts I've ever gone to, and every no one can deny this. We've all been there, where we're like, "Yeah, this is awesome," but also like, anytime they want to wrap it up, I'm I'm good, <laughs> I'm good to go home. Concerts great, but like, uh, I'm already thinking about traffic. Uh, I, I'll just be honest about it. One more call, then we'll take our break. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
5: This is uh, Gabe's. Hey, Gabe. Across. How's it going? <laughs> Good, uh Ridge Runner, great points on the defense. I totally agree. Um last week you you know, you did your back and forth with Vagabond John and uh, I agree with him as much as you do in most cases, you know. I, I was the first, you know, I you know not first, obviously, but during the Carolina game it's like, Oh, he's gotta go. He's gotta go. And then afterwards, then I seen these young players start to get it. I mean, Dallas was a great example mm-hmm. between Prescott and CD lamb. They were like, what are these guys doing? This is not, you know, and I was thinking these young guys are get it. I would have kept them, but this is, I, you know, you don't, you don't like to go on Joe Barry or, or whatever. My warning to Packer fans is if, if the scheme has changed and I played football for 10 years, if, the scheme has changed, you know. You you have to give this guy some slack. You know, it might take six games for them to catch on. Yeah, because you know, so, they're young.
1: Maybe. Well, well, they're not. Depending on how this offseason goes, I don't know that they are that young. I think they might be young on the back end next year. Because I because yeah. I'm envisioning this draft. I think the first round pick is a crapshoot because I think that's how Goody handles his first round pick. We're going to go best available player tools, the edge rusher corner. We really like the tackle. And then in rounds two, three, four, where they have all these extra picks, I think they start to look to address needs. And that's where I think they'll pick a safety or two, a corner or two. And I like the idea of someone who has a background in, in working with defensive backs, taking over a defense like that. They might be back on the young end and young on the back end, but I don't know that about the defensive front, and I'll tell you right now, I, I don't know that I am gonna apply this year long or, or six or seven game grace period. Like I, I don't know that three four four three, all these teams are playing so much nickel and so many different looks. Anyways, I don't know that it matters as much as it used to. But I could be wrong. I could be.
5: Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of well, we watched it in the uh, Kansas City um, game with uh, Bills. Um, Great defensive quarter, uh, coordinator for the Chiefs. He baited Allen with digs, you know. Mm-hmm. He put him one-on-one soft. As soon as the ball snapped, you know, it, it, it changed and it worked. And you you watch the Packers this year, beginning of the season, people are pointing at each other. No, you're supposed to be there. So I think in the end they were getting it. <clears throat> um, we'll see. You know, <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping for the
1: best. Yeah, that's a pretty good summary. We'll see. I, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to learn about this guy. He was not someone that was really on our radar. It's a bit of a surprise, and, and that's kind of fun. And we got a long way until week one next year. So, I, you know, at this moment yeah. in time, games, I can't just be like, well, we'll see how it works. Like, no, we're, we're going to talk about him. We're going to learn as much as we can. Uh, and and I think this point. is an interesting story. Yeah, go ahead.
5: One more point. What we really need on our defense is that guy – that understands the system that's the leader on the field. You know, the Reggie White, the uh, Leroy Butler, the, uh, um, uh, oh, what's it? Yeah. You know, um, Douglas was maybe that guy. Who, but, you know, we don't have that. And we, we need that. We're, you know, you're supposed to be here, and, you know, we, we really need that.
1: I think so, too. I don't know who their game breaker is. Gabe's, I appreciate you. I'm going to let you go. We're going to go to break here. I've been talking about that a lot with Bill. And, and I've said this on, on this show constantly throughout the season. Like, I think the Packers have lots of good players on defense. Lots of good guys. Kenny Clark is very good. Jair, when healthy, is good. When he's really healthy and on, he's great. But by and large, for the last couple of seasons, he's been good. Quay uh, Walker, I think, is good. Rashawn Gary is good. Who's the game breaker? Who's the guy who completely blows up a game? Who's the guy, the defensive coordinator and opposing quarterback? They, they have to scheme for this guy. They have to pay attention to this guy. I don't know if they have someone like that right now. They have a nice base. I think they have a lot of nice, good players. And I think in this draft, they'll look to add a bunch more, especially on the back end. But I, 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 don't, I don't know who the game wrecker is. And I don't know if, if you can get by in the NFL without a complete and total game wrecker who can take over a game. Not every game, but here and there. You know, you you have to look pretty closely throughout the season to find a game where a player completely took over. Rashawn Gary did it once or twice. That's about it. And they need a guy like that. Whether they draft him or whether they think he's on the roster already, developing, maybe that's Lucas Van Ness. I I don't know. We'll see. Let's take a five-minute break back after this on the Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. Hey everybody, Ben Kenny's mad on Twitter. Can I read you his tweets? These make me laugh. So <laughs> so Pete Thamel, or Pete Thamel, he covers college football for ESPN, one of their their big time newsbreakers and reporters. So he tweeted out some quotes from Jeff Hafley's camp. Tweeted, quote, He wants to go coach football again in a league that's all about football college coaching has become fundraising NIL and recruiting your own team and transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore. So that was the report. And that's like Tony and I immediately thought that went around the air. It's like, well, no wonder I'd leave college football right now too. Ben Kenny quotes, tweets this and says, because the guy chose the Boston college job. This is like Dion stirring up all the crap when they were two and O and then wondering why the team had such a large spotlight. This is code for, quote, I sucked at the job and it's easier to progress as an NFL DC than it will be when I get fired. It's the easiest post-firing interview note ever. Nah, the NILs and the portal made it tough. Wasn't the game I used to love. I don't know, or maybe realize Boston College hasn't generated one single high-profile coach. It isn't somewhere smart coaches go to win. And solely for the reason that his agent's spin on this move is stupid, I am out on this hire. So... Like, I don't completely disagree with Ben. Ben's not slamming this higher. He's more so slamming the idea that I'm leaving Boston College because college football sucks, where the reason for leaving is, oh, this place is really, really hard to win, and, like, I've kind of tapped this out. Like, I can go no farther. Which is fine, like, which I don't blame him for. You know what I mean? It's the same reason that um Lance Leipold probably left Buffalo, right? It's the same. Like you can only succeed at such a level at some of these schools. Maybe Kalen DeBoer thought the same of Washington. I don't know. They were right there in a national championship game. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of these coaches leave and it's like, well, I I accomplished all I could here. Maybe, maybe not. You're not going to win a national title at Boston College. I also don't know. And and this is probably the, the most important point. I don't know that that Jeff Hafley could have parlayed this Boston college job into anything better. Maybe a higher level of college football coaching job. Like, okay, you can go be the head coach at some bottom-of-the-barrel Big Ten. Like, okay, go coach Maryland or go coach Arkansas. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he could have parlayed that, but I, I, the, the option was probably go take a slightly better college head coaching job or go take a coordinator job in the NFL, and given the landscape of college football— and what's going on with NIL and recruiting your own players, it makes sense as to why he would do the coordinator job. I think I agree with Ben. He's just being a curmudgeon as usual, and I enjoy it. One call, then we'll take our final break. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
4: King Street Country Kitchen. King Street Country Kitchen. This is Eric 990. I
1: thought so, yeah.
4: King Street Country Kitchen. A bootlegger, fries, and a... Chicken noodle soup. That could soak up 100 times its weight in <laughs> no,
1: alcohol. You think so? Right? Where? Oh where did God. King I mean, Street Country Kitchen used to be? Because I like Pizza Doctors was down there. Rest in peace.
4: Street. It's a bank now. Okay. It's a bank now. Is, it, par- is it Park Bank? It's not Park Bank. No, it was right on the corner of uh, right on the corner of King and uh, whatever that is, fourth or fifth, fifth? No, sixth or seventh. Anyways. Interesting. All right. Another thing about. Another thing about King Street Country Kitchen was is that if you went downtown back in the day, you didn't have a cell phone, Mm -hmm. all right? So you might get separated because you'd drop in four or five guys and that'd be like dropping into a DMZ down there downtown. (laughs) You might get separated, okay? Yeah. And you always had, if I can just get back to King Street Country Kitchen, that's like Checkpoint Charlie, I can catch an evac out of here. Interesting. That's where you rendezvoused with the rest of the group or somebody that could get you home.
1: We rendezvoused at Dell's or at H&R Block. There's something very appealing about that H&R Block on, what is that, 5th Street, 4th Street? I think it's on 5th Street. Something very appealing about that H&R Block. I don't know what it is.
4: Well, so I just wanted to, because people were bringing up some, you know, some of these guys from lacrosse and Euro lacrosse alumni and all that stuff like that. So just wanted to bring up some good memories. There's a lot of good memories at the king street country kitchen he just it just brought back some really good memories
9: i could each catch one of them individual out of
1: here oh my god well i appreciate that eric thank you for the double call today you're working overtime
4: hey and a big uh, I'm raising a, i want to raise a glass to rowdy yeah and, and good luck good mm. luck man Best and you've got nothing to worry about young man talented bright future
1: king street country kitchen appreciate you eric Thank you for
4: the. Yeah, call. Have a good one,
1: Bobby. Yeah, you too. Yeah, we wish Rowdy the best as well. It's a bummer of a week here on our network, our morning show over the line. Let's take our final three minute break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show and turn things over to the Bill Michaels Huddle. Coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wrapping up the Wisco Sports Show, Bill Michaels huddle just minutes away. And, oh, this might be the best Bill Michaels huddle of the year. It'll be the last one. Might be the best because we can talk about a new defensive coordinator. Jeff Hafley, who was around the NFL for a long time, was at Ohio State, last at Boston College, but was on Robert Sala's staff with the 49ers, right? There's some connections there. Matt LaFleur likes guys that he knows. And I understand that. I want to hire total strangers, like some familiarity on your staff. I get that. And continue to learn more. I need to learn more about this guy. I knew the name because I think Joel Klatt said it on Cowherd's show once upon a time. Jeff Halfley stuck in my brain. We'll react next. Bill Michaels huddle. The rest of y'all talk to you tomorrow for thanks for listening. Always. Hey.